Hey everybody, Pastor Eric here. Today we are starting a six-week study on transformation, how transformation happens. And before we get into the nitty-gritty of transformation, I need us to back up and look at the broadest possible conversation we could have. We're going to have a conversation today about reality itself. Now, don't worry, we're not going to get into all the philosophical dribble and discussing all the finer philosophical points. We're diving into scripture to talk about reality. What makes reality and what makes truth? Now, reality is not what we can see, it's not what we can touch, and it's not what we can measure. Those things are real and they are part of our real world, the real world that is around us, but those things do not define reality. And in fact, as we learn more and more about the universe and more and more about quantum mechanics and quantum physics, less and less can we trust the things that we can see, touch, and measure. For Christians, what we can see, touch, and measure does not define reality. In fact, what defines reality is God's word. You see, we believe that God has created the world with a word. We're told in Genesis chapter 1 that God spoke and everything was created. That it is through God's word, his speaking, and his breath that everything that we can see, that we can taste, that we can touch, that we can measure, and all the things we can't see, we can't taste, we can't touch, we can't measure, that all of it was created and created by his word. And so God created all things we can see and not see with his word. And then he spoke to his creation and he blessed his creation. He spoke to them and he blessed them. And he said, go and be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. He created the skies and the sea. He created the land and then he filled it all with animals and he put humans in there and he said, you take over the earth. You take care of the earth. You multiply and you spread out and you subdue and care for all the earth, all the plants, all the animals. Everything is under your authority now. And he did all of this through his word. Again and again, God speaks. He speaks to create. He speaks to renew. And then he speaks to give blessing. And he speaks to command, telling them to be fruitful and multiply. Now, in Genesis chapter 3, after the first two chapters of Genesis, which tell about the creation, in Genesis chapter 3, something happens. Something terrible happens. And that is the fall of man. Or as I like to call it, the rebellion. Because it's not really a fall. Really, Adam and Eve rebelled against God in that moment. And what happens as they are in the garden, they are taking care of it. They have this interaction with God on a regular basis. The enemy, the liar, comes to them and he speaks a different kind of word to them. This is the first time in this scripture that we hear um, anybody except for God speaking to humans. This is a whole nother entity. This is another creature speaking to humans and he tells them a lie. He plants in their ears the possibility that God does not love them as much as he says. That God does not love them as much as they know that he loves them. He gives them an alternative option. Something different. And it is, in fact, a lie. And unfortunately, the humans believe the liar. And so then they sin. And they fall. 
And the whole Old Testament is all set up as this choice that Israel has. This choice that God's people have to listen to God's voice or to listen to the voice of the liar. To trust and believe what God has said or to trust and believe what they hear from the world, from their own flesh, and from the devil. So we have this conflict set up between God's word and the liar's word. And God makes a decision. He makes a decision to speak a word again to the world. And that word that he speaks is Jesus. We hear that Jesus is in fact the word of God. That all things were created through him and for him. That Jesus was the word that God spoke before creation. That he is eternal with God. And so God sent his son and placed him in the belly of Mary as Jesus. He took on flesh. He took on creation and therefore he recreated the world in his own image. This was an opportunity for the world to be made anew. And Jesus's whole mission was to make all things new, was to make the world new. And he starts with his people. He starts by creating faith in his people. And through baptism, he gives his promises and he speaks his word over his people. And he gives them the promises of his family, eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. In fact, in the small catechism, when we talk and we teach about baptism, we wonder about all the amazing things scripture says about baptism, that we are dying, that we are dead with Christ and we are resurrected with him, that baptism saves us. And we think, how can baptism do this? How can just plain water do this thing? And our answer is that it's not plain water, but it's actually the word. It's God's word given in that thing. It is the word that creates faith. And it's the word that actually invites us into the family of God. And the Father and the Son, they send the Holy Spirit and they give the Holy Spirit to us to speak to us and to interpret God's word for us. And he gives us and lavishes us with all kinds of promises and blessings again and again and again. So he's recreating the world through his word. First of all, through Jesus, by actually taking on flesh and beginning this new world, beginning this new creation here in the womb of Mary, in this place that is dark and secret, he begins this new world with a baby, with Jesus, with the Son, eternal with the Father. And then he recreates his world through his people, by recreating his people first, by bringing them into his family and by giving them blessings and the forgiveness of sin and peace and patience and love and hope and all of these good things. This is how God begins to recreate the world is through his word, first through his son and then through his people, the church. And so now we have peace, not because peace is something to be stride for and longed for, but because when God placed Jesus in Mary's belly, he made peace with us. We have hope, not because hope is something to be stride for or longed for, but because when God placed Jesus in Mary's belly, he gave us hope. We have joy, not because joy is something to be longed for and strive for, but because he made joy when he placed Jesus in Mary's belly. This is a reality that God created for us. This is a reality. God formed in us hope and peace and love and joy when his son was knitted together in physical form in the womb 
of Mary. He made these things for us. Jesus made peace for us by his birth. Jesus made peace for us by his crucifixion. Jesus made peace for us by his resurrection. These are not just something that, this isn't just a nice story to make us feel better, but it actually changes reality. It changes the way that things really are. He gives us peace. He gives us joy. He gives us hope. He doesn't command us to have peace and joy and hope. He gives it to us. He, this is a reality, a reality that God forms in us, that the Holy Spirit births in us. This is a reality now. This is our new reality, the new creation, a new creation filled with all of the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, a new creation filled with all the interior things that God has for us, that God wants for us, that God longs for us. He created that in us by the person of Jesus Christ and by his work on the cross and resurrection from the grave and by giving us the Holy Spirit. And we live then by the word. As Christians, we live by the word and we trust in the word. We trust in what Jesus has done for us. We trust in the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. We trust in the gifts that he has given us. Faith then is believing what God has said about us. Faith is trusting in God's word and God's promises to us. Even when we don't think we can see it or smell it or taste it or measure it, we believe what God has said about us and we trust in that. And so then every Christian, we enter into this battle, this daily battle of believing what God has said about me or believing what the liar has said about me. Believing God's word or the devil's word. Believing what God says about me and who I am in Christ and that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and I have these blessings and these gifts. Or believing what the world says about me, what I think about myself, what the devil says about me. We enter into this battle of faith, this battle of trust. Are we hearing and listening to the word of God? Or are we hearing and listening to the word of the devil? The whole Christian life and Christian transformation all centers around the word of God because it is the word that creates this reality in us. It is the word that gives us these things. It is the word that creates. When God says something, it is. When God says something, it is reality. God's word is our reality. Not the world, not the devil, not our own flesh and sinfulness. God's word is our reality. The whole Christian life and all of transformation centers around God's word and what he has said about us and what he is doing in us and how he is recreating us. Just like he created with the word at the beginning of creation, he recreates with his word. And so we trust and we believe that we are made new, that we are being made new. And day by day, we listen to the word and we are transformed. And so we're going to talk more over the next six weeks about all the ins and outs of how this happens. We're going to dive into all the little details that we talked about broadly today, but it all begins with God's word. So the next six weeks is this exploration of how God's word transforms us and how we experience 
that transformation. Thanks guys so much. Check out the questions for this video and use them in your life group as you have a discussion about this discipleship topic. So use those questions to further your conversation, to grow in grace, and to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And we'll see you next week.